Chelsea Amber here from Christian Guitar Girls, an encouraging community for Christian female guitar players and bass players. And I'm so excited for what God is going to do in the future with this community. And if you want to stay in the loop about all the latest news, including when a new episode of this podcast is available, then you can join our email list at christianguitargirls.com slash podcast. And when you do that, as a thank you, you will also get a free download of the Christian Guitar Girls Practice Plan ebook. It's a PDF ebook that is designed to help you crush your guitar goals. So make sure you get a copy of that, christianguitargirls.com slash podcast. Now, for today's episode, we get to hang out with my friend, my dear friend. I love her so much, Jaylene Johnson. She is a songwriter. Hello. (laughs) She is a songwriter and an artist slash songwriting coach with over two decades of experience in the Canadian music industry. And she is now the vice president of the Gospel Music Association of Canada. And she leverages her, her creative skills and experience combined with background in education as a coach, helping artists and songwriters to hone their skills, get unstuck and find positive ways forward with their songs and their careers. So hello, Jaylene. Welcome to the podcast. It is uh, great to be here. It's always uh, awesome to talk to you, Chelsea. Oh, thank you. So we are pretending that we are two friends across the coffee table at a coffee shop, although we are uh, about half a country away from each other. You're based in Winnipeg, and I'm here in British Columbia. So what are you drinking? I have a lovely uh, Pepsi Zero here, just to give oh, me a little pick-me-up before uh-huh. I head into that supper and bedtime hour with my kids. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, today I've got my um, my green tea. I'm a big green tea lover, so that seems to be my go-to. I feel like a lot of these podcasts, that's what I'm drinking. Awesome. So, Christian Guitar Girls, it's a Christian Guitar Girls podcast. You do play guitar, and I'm curious, when did you start playing guitar? Uh let me see. I started playing guitar actually when I started writing songs more seriously mm. um, as a way to, um, I guess, inspire other ideas. I'd been to a songwriting work- workshop and one of the suggestions had been to try a different instrument. So I was a mm-hmm. singer and a piano player and uh, I decided to pick up a guitar and learn some chords. I never really had formal lessons and I mm. my guitar playing definitely s- still suffers as a result. But uh, I did pick up a few lessons uh, just before I wrote my Potter and Clay album and, you know, learned a few other things. I'm mm-hmm. definitely more comfortable at a gig having mm-hmm. someone accompany me on guitar, even if I'm playing a little bit, but just having them add some other layers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's great. There's a The guitar is meant for all sorts of roles, you know, whether it's to be used for songwriting or for performing or um, as a piece of another, you know, of an of a band is what I'm trying to say, um, yeah. So that's great. And you had mentioned songwriting that you do use your guitar for songwriting. And I in the intro I mentioned that you've been active in the Canadian music scene for over two decades, which is awesome. Wearing many hats, and we're actually going to be focusing on your role as a songwriter. So how did you get into songwriting? You know, I think words and music were a part of my life right from day one. They called me the talking baby, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then music, always singing, or uh, even my parents, I was very lucky to be in music lessons. 
but I didn't really marry the two until I was a little bit more grown up. You know, mm. I think I wrote one song when I was 10 or 11 that I performed in church and then I was in a rock band and I'd present some songs, you know, in high school to my mm-hmm. the guys in the rock band and they were young guys and not too affirming of, you know, me as oh. a songwriter. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. But uh, so I, I didn't really know if I had anything. And then when I went into the studio um, as a young woman, I was going to record a jazz and gospel album. Um, and then the producer said, well, have you ever written any of your own songs? His name was Lloyd Peterson. And so I said, well, I've written a few and I'd been to a couple workshops and I was definitely really interested in this, this idea of marrying these two things, words yeah. and poetry and music. And, uh, I played him a couple things and he said to me, Jaylene, you're a songwriter. Mm. He said, you, you need to write songs and let's do a record of your own songs. Wow. And that was amazing. I mean, that was just the affirmation that I needed from someone I respected. And and, um, so I went into the closet, I guess, and songwriting closet. And I wrote and wrote. And, you know, the songs that were released, they're very precious to me because they were a moment in time. And a couple songs went on to win some gospel music awards, you know, in the States and in Canada. So that was affirmation. But as far as being commercially viable songs, um, you know, it would take me a while to learn how to write those. Mm-hmm. That's a process. Definitely. Yeah. And that's great. So you, so you've, can you, when you look back at the songs that you've written at in the beginning and then you, you know, the songs that you, you said you wrote a song today, even is yeah. there, was there must be a marked difference, I guess. You talked about how that's a, that's, that would be quite a steep learning curve, I guess, learning how to, you know, just write for yourself versus writing in a way that can connect to others. You know, it's interesting you say that because I feel in some ways like I stepped away from my artistry a little Mm. bit when I moved into the songwriting world. I had a a co-pub deal with a publisher and I was so enamored with songwriting and writing across genres and different kinds of songs and experimenting. And I was learning so much. I'm still learning so much. I mean, that's the beauty of songwriting. It's all, it's like golfing, you know, <laughs> you uh-huh. will never perfect it. But um, so some of who my own voice as an artist, I think I just, I had set that aside. And so with my last mm. album, Potter and Clay, I actually was in studio singing backups for a friend and I had this notion, this this feeling inside, like I needed to go back and write some some things for myself. It had been a few years since my last album, I think five years or something. Mm. And I said to my friends in the studio, so I have this trip to Nashville booked and I was going to go and co-write some songs and network and do all that. I try to do that regularly. Everything's mm. booked. I have my place to stay, but something inside me is telling me to rent this cabin that I found on Kijiji uh-huh. and just yeah. go by myself and mm. see what comes out. And they all started chanting in the studio, we want cabin songs. We want cabin songs. Uh-huh. So I, I did it. I canceled my trip to Nashville and away I went to the cabin. Wow. And you know, it was so cool because the things that I've been learning over the years through co-writing and just continuing to write songs, it's like they had become a little bit innate Mm. And I I set myself a goal. I said, editor, critic, get out of my mind. I'm just going to write what I write. 
and and I'm going to accept what I write and see if anything comes of it that I would maybe then want to edit and work on. Yeah. You know, I my, made a goal of two songs a day. I still procrastinated all day. Yeah. So start my process just before supper and then write another one after supper. And I ended up writing these songs that became my album, Potter and Clay. And mm. it's like the cork was popped off of a bottle. It was just a beautiful, it's not always like that, but it was a mm. beautiful songwriting experience. So how I feel like I've changed and shifted is, is that these, these, these things that maybe I didn't know early on starting out are now kind of in eight. And so as I'm writing, mm. I kind of am able to self edit, but without it being too loud of a critical voice that impedes mm -hmm. the creativity, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I find that so hard though, sometimes to just, to, to, you know, tell that inner critic, that little editor, you know, to, to go away, take a hike. And there is a, there is a spot for, this my my inner critic but um not in not in the initial draft I, I heard someone say give yourself permission to write a bad song and I loved that advice because if you have this pressure that oh it has to be good it has to be good yeah. then you know you just you're it's a paralysis of analysis I guess yeah. <laughs> what they call it. it just for me it just it stops me I feel like um, and I feel like if I am writing by myself, I can almost write better than when I'm with someone else because I can let the ideas flow a little bit more freely, whereas the inner critic seems to be a little bit louder when I'm in a room co-writing with somebody. Yeah, so. well, of course, you know, because there's the interpersonal dynamic and, mm -hmm. you know, some of the professional songwriters that I've had the good fortune to work with, um, there's a similar personality trait in that most of them tend to be, and myself included, tend to be very open individuals, you know, open mm. with our emotions, open with our experiences. Mm -hmm. And often when I'm working with writers and, and uh, they might be struggling with a lyric, um, the conversation goes to what is it that you really want to say? Because mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. that's going to get to the heart of your song and probably the heart of your chorus. Mm -hmm. It might even get to the title. Mm. Once you can figure out that concept on an emotional level you know on a conceptual level what is the message what what is it you really want to say then it's a little bit easier to decide hey maybe this line isn't for this song or you know maybe we need to relook at this verse because it's not really delivering on the thing that that I want to say not mm -hmm. that it's not a good idea but maybe it's better in another song and mm -hmm. you know so so much of it is about this interpersonal conversation and and comfort yep. level and trusting each other that you know we're trying to get to the best idea but also the core idea of what the artist wants to say and mm -hmm. how the artist wants to say it mm -hmm. yeah and it's uh, hard to and I, I imagine for you if in a coaching session you want them you want to help the person but then you also uh, want to you want to be encouraging but then also say hey maybe this lyric needs work uh, I've, I imagine do you find that's kind of a hard dance to uh, figure out how to keep them encouraged while also, you know, saying eh, this, this lyric, this lyric needs some work. You know, this, we artists, you know, can kind of look at our songs as our little babies and, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like, oh, you told me my baby was ugly. No, I just think that the baby needs a haircut, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. You know, that is so true. And I've, I've been that way too. I would mm -hmm. say a journey for me is learning how to be a little less direct because I am, I can mm -hmm. be quite direct and get very intense and passionate about a lyric or a song. 
and it can feel overwhelming, especially for some personalities. And so I've had the gift of some feedback in that area. And it's something that I work on because my Mm. heart is to encourage. Mm -hmm. And I also think there is a balance to be struck between finding um, a a way to move a song forward in a way that's going to connect with, like connect really well emotionally, but also um, drawing out the artist's unique voice and their Mm -hmm. unique way that they can say it because that is what's also cool to people is hearing something Mm. that is unique and that's not just a cookie cutter of everything else Mm -hmm. you know and and honestly if the artist doesn't feel comfortable singing it or doesn't feel comfortable with the words they're not going to Mm -hmm. to sing it they're not going to record it so Mm -hmm. you know uh an act of service that i need to do and and to learn to do better and better as a coach or as a co-writer is to um encourage to provide an environment you know where where those mm-hmm. best ideas can come forward yeah well we've we've worked together songwriting and i've found you to be very encouraging and i like that you go in with with um a servant's heart i guess to use <laughs> popular language um you go in with a servant's heart in terms of you know you would always ask me you know what it is on my heart that god is doing that i want to talk about you know and, and bringing that out um i've had experiences with other songwriters who shall remain actually one in particular who will shall who shall remain unnamed um it was my first time down in nashville for a a songwriting trip and he just would not listen to anything i was saying like i kept saying this these lyrics aren't me they're not me they're not something that i would naturally say and Mm. um i just anyway but and i kept saying that over and over again and he just kept barging ahead not listening and guess what I never used the song (laughs) yeah um so I just I love that you go into it with with a servant's heart for the artist in terms of wanting to bring the best out of them rather than you know my experience with this other particular songwriter um so and this you know what that songwriter he's very talented he's written with other people he's had a lot of success so I wish him well there's no hard feelings it's just I I just found we weren't seeing eye to eye. So I appreciated working with you and seeing, you know, like, oh, wow, she really does want to see what God is doing, you know, what, what God has laid on my heart and help me serve serve that up. So thank you for... Oh, well, you Chelsea, know. you bring so much to the table. You make a co-writer's job easy. And, and honestly, <laughs> this, this aspect of my person is, is something I'm learning still. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely the posture that I want to have is the posture of a servant. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have lost my ability to sing, you know, it's a story people can read about on my website. I've been very public about it. Mm-hmm. And so now I find myself in this support role mm-hmm. and there's an opportunity here. So I need to posture myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in that I can get so enthusiastic and passionate mm-hmm. about serving and helping and that it can be overwhelming too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> make sure that, you know, I temper my passion a little bit and uh, and just, you know, walk with a little more awareness than maybe I have at times. <laughs> yeah. well, I think it's great. I've really I've enjoyed your your passion and enthusiasm, you know, oh, just thanks, to, to write with someone if they're not excited about the song. I can't imagine how discouraging that would be. <laughs> so um, so I think that's actually a strength of yours to be. Thank you. To be very passionate. So thank you for that in the way that you support your fellow artists. Um, and you said that you just wrote a song today, actually. How can you tell us a little bit about about that song? Oh yeah, I've I've had the 
good fortune of working with um, an artist named Kelly Badeau. She's a world artist. Mm. I met her at church uh, a few years ago. Her and her sister, actually, her sister's an artist in the Christian music industry. And um, I just, oh, I fell in love with their talent, their abilities. And and so today I had the chance to write with Kelly and we've been working on a song and it's a, it's a up-tempo, you know, which I find a little harder to write. It's up-tempo and it's got a great message, but without being too cheesy deep. And it was just super fun to write it with her. And uh, yeah, I, I, I hope she'll record it and that it'll go well and everybody will have the chance to hear it. Awesome. And I think you've done a song with her before, haven't you? Mm-hmm. I yeah, believe. a couple, a couple songs. Okay. Awesome. What what were the other songs so people are able to search up the songs you did? Uh, we wrote a song called Hypnotizing, a song called Promise. Mm-hmm. Um, with Kareen, I've written uh, Perfectly Made, which is a really fun um, song, you know, based on the psalm, uh, Psalm 139. Mm. Very cool. So, uh, that's been great. I've had the chance to actually, um, if people want to check out uh, a a song we've been listening to a lot in the car. There's a re-release of a song I wrote with JJ Heller called Keep You Safe. And it's oh, a cool. lullaby. And of course, having young children, you know, mm. just my heart. And they are they're constantly asking for the lullaby now. But they did Aww. it with symphonic instrumentation. And it's it's on, I think it's I Dream of You Volume Two, but people could check that out. It's just lovely. So in all of your experience with, you know, writing with songwriters of different levels, you know, people who are just starting out and then people who are very experienced like J.J. Heller, what makes a good song in your opinion? Hmm. Oh, that's a tricky question, you know, because it's subjective to a point. Hmm. Um, And yet I think when we look at songs that, that stand the test of time, you know, that people are still singing decades later. I believe they have a universal quality to them, uh, that there is a message there that is for a lot of people, not Mm. just a niche group of people or our grandma and our best friends. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, something that I keep hammering on is one message per song. And I think even more important in that is the emotional message and that Mm. was actually something that uh, uh, a writer named Troy Sampson had said in a session and I never forgot it Mm. he said that line by line he tries to keep emotional consistency Mm. and what I mean when we have a great song a song we want to play again and again it's making us feel something Mm -hmm. it becomes our song because we connect to it emotionally yeah and, and that is the song that becomes a soundtrack to some as, aspect of our lives, whether mm-hmm. it's our loss or our joy or our profound love or our anger or our curiosity or whatever it is. Um, and that is the journey as a songwriter is. And, mm-hmm. and I also think, how can I say something in an accessible way, or some might use the term simple, though that's, a, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to say simplistic, but in a simple way, something profound in a simple way, mm. something profound in an accessible way. Mm. And I think yeah. that's a great song. And that's the craft. As we learn the craft of songwriting, I believe our songs become songs that better connect with an audience. Yeah. And I, I like what your point, your point about saying things, you know, saying these really profound truths in a simple way. I mean, when we sing worship songs in church, 
really that is the goal of the songwriter is to make to make these profound truths of God accessible to you know the the mom who just came in with her toddlers that were screaming all morning or the the I don't the young man who just lost his father or you know it just making helping those songs um helping those songs communicate the truths of God but in an accessible way um and so I yeah I love that because I think sometimes artists can get a little bit offended when you say let's say it in a simple way they're like what but I'm a great artiste. I need things to be complicated. I need to use all these. And there is room for that, you know, in, in, in specific spots, you know, to add this fancy chord or add this, you know, whatever. Um, But I also, there is value in also, you know, uh, in keeping things simple. (laughs) You know, and song form is important too, because Mm. I mean, let's face it. I, um, there are people who write more complex things and they find a vast audience as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you can give people a form and I, I love symmetry or the use of uh, the, the good use of repetition. Um, it's not that you can't have some complex elements or that some complex music won't reach people emotionally. It can mm-hmm. I think where songwriters sometimes get into trouble is that they're, they set the song out on this journey mm-hmm. and then something will happen in the song, whether it's an asymmetrical aspect uh, to be clever or something thrown in there that's totally different or, you know, uneven numbers of lines or the rhyme scheme's not there or something. And it becomes very jarring for the listener. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's intentional, that's their artistic choice. But sometimes I just think that's a novice error, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I do wonder, even in the more complex things, there's still form of some sort. There's still something, mm-hmm. a motif even, or some some emotional consistency there mm-hmm. yeah. that the listener can grab a hold of. Yeah. You want yeah. them to be immersed in the moment. And, and that's another thing I will say about songs, that often great songs have moments. Mm. I mean, think of a Coldplay concert, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Or, or a lot of these big acts that have had mass appeal. There are moments that happen in their songs, and when they get to the live stage, they can pull these moments out mm. and just deliver them in a really cool way live. And and the whole audience knows the moment's coming, you know, and they want to mm-hmm. participate in the moment. So um, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but I think about oh, it does, yeah. You know, they write with people. What are the moments here? I love that. I think about that kind of for production on the production side of things. Cause I'm, uh, if I'm singing, if I'm recording a song and I, I'm picturing how to do it live, then I think, Oh, what are some moments in this song that I could really, um, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? And just kind of extract what moments can I extract from the song? So sometimes if we add some stomps and claps in the production, for example, then that translates to something that I can do for audience participation mm-hmm. in the live concert, you know, to help bring people in to get them, get them moving, get them participating, you know, and, you know, actively involved. So, yeah, I love that. So do you have uh, one encouraging word or piece of advice that you could offer uh, a budding songwriter or someone who's just getting ready to put out their first song? One. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you got more, that's fine. (laughs) Well, I wish that I had seen 
early on more of the the big picture and the long game mm -hmm. and i wish that i had understood uh more about relationships and collaboration in music early mm -hmm. on and i also think that there's an aspect of ob objectivity that's needed to temper our artist sensibilities and yes by all means to be artists and to have an artistic voice and our artistic direction and to be strong in that is good. Mm -hmm. But I also think that there's a level of objectivity that we need to be able to step back and say, you know, if we were, if we are wanting to connect, i.e. we want to record, we want people to, to add our songs to playlists. We want to do live shows, be able to step back and say, is this really connecting? Mm -hmm. And if it's not, why not? If it's not, am I okay with that? Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe I am. Or is there a, a, an opportunity maybe here to grow and, and to learn and, and move on? Um, yeah. And to be objective requires the absence of ego. Mm, um, takes some humility. <laughs> oh, it does. And sometimes ego is just a mask for our deep fear. Mm. You know, uh, it's like that musician that comes into the studio session and has to play every single lick that they know, you know? Mm. Where when you play with a more seasoned player, they play just in the right spots, you know, just the yeah. perfect thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and they don't need to overplay because they have nothing to prove. Right. Yeah. That's timing, great. Sometimes it's timing too, you know, uh, the long game. Think long term. It's it's uh, great if you can release a single, but what comes next? You know, what are we building into our lives that will come after? Mm -hmm. um, and and to go for it and, and uh, keep the joy in it. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. Keep the joy in using our gift, and in learning, and in growing, and and connecting with other people through music. I mean, that's just such yeah. a special thing. <laughs> yeah, those are wonderful pieces of advice. Thank you so much for that, and thank you for your time. Um, if somebody wanted to book you for a songwriting session or for coaching, where can they find you online? Uh, www.jaylenejohnson.com. They can connect with me. There's a contact form there or jaylene at jaylenejohnson.com will also reach me. Uh, mm -hmm. I love to work with artists and songwriters. I love to help get to your core message and, and help you uh, make a plan and carve it out or, or figure some things out about your songwriting or about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and I also coach with Worship Arts Canada. People could find me on there. There's a bunch of coaches that do various things through John Buller's uh, initiative, Worship Arts Canada. So you could find okay. me there. So I will leave links in the description so that people can find you, find Worship Arts Canada. And thank you so much for sharing about songwriting. It was just, it was great to hear your perspective, you know, as a seasoned songwriter with experience of, with co-writers of, you know, all, all stages of their career. So to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this chat, there are many more to come. So make sure you hit the follow or subscribe button on YouTube or whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast. And don't forget to join the Christian Guitar Girls email list at christianguitargirls.com slash podcast. All right. So that is it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will catch you in the next episode. And until then, happy strumming. And thank you, Chelsea. I just love what you're doing here. Aw, thanks, Jaylene. Bye, everybody. Bye.